Welcome to Ball Court, the world of basketball, and I'm your host, Coach Drew. This week, we got a special guest with us today. We have Diaz with us, so stick around. We're going to have to talk a lot of basketball. We're going to have some big things going on, and of course, we're going to touch base on the new it couple, Brody and the Beard. Stay with us right here on Ball Court. Ball Court. I'm your host, Coach Drew. I have a special guest, as well as a special guest host with us today. He's going to be sitting alongside me, going through all of these all of these great events that's taking place in basketball. Please welcome my guest, Diaz Mackey. Hey, it's good to be back. Hey, thank you, thank you. Welcome back. A lot of stuff has taken place since the last time you was here. Yes. And it's like every week we have a new it couple, you know. Yeah, we have the trades. Yes, yeah. yes. First it was AD and LeBron, then it was uh, KD and Kyrie. Right. Now we have the new it couple. Well, then you have Kawhi and uh, PG. Yes. Oh, yeah. that see, I'm gonna broke my heart. I was trying to not yeah. to. I was trying to forget about that because you know he left me and decided I'm gonna see what he did to me was wrong. Not only did he say I'm not coming to Lakers, but he showed up in my backyard so to show every day. That I could do better without you, and that hurt me. Well, he played the Lakers. You know, the yeah. whole time that uh, he was telling the Lakers uh, to hold on and was changing the meeting schedules with him. Yeah. He was meeting with Paul George that whole time, and he was telling the Lakers, "Don't complete the AD trade yet." Like he was telling the Lakers to delay the trade for, for that max deal. So, but at the same time, he was screwing the Lakers because time-wise, free agents was coming off the board. Wow. So when he made his move, he already knew he was going to the Clippers. Like, he knew that he wasn't going to play with LeBron James. He knew he wasn't going to play with the Lakers. He knew when he had that uh, meeting with Magic Johnson, and that's why uh, some of the Lakers execs, they blamed the meeting with Magic. They, they were wondering what Magic said to him to deter him uh, from coming to the Lakers. But anybody who's uh, checked out Kawhi knew that he wow. wanted to be the dog, you know? Yeah. And to be the man, you got to beat the man. He didn't want to team up with LeBron James and go through that. Understand. He wanted to go against him, head up, but he knew that he needed somebody with him uh-huh. because AD was over there. That's so he true. He got the other best perimeter defender in the league. Paul that way, George. him or Paul George can guard LeBron when they got to go head up. That is true. But what, and happens, what happens when you move Paul George to? I mean, when you move uh, LeBron as to a um, point guard because they could now they're chock full of bigs. They're right. going to have DeMarcus Cousins. But when they match up with uh, the Clippers in that instance, yeah. it doesn't change the, uh, the defensive uh, strategy at all. Because okay. uh, basketball, for the most part now, is such a positionless game mm-hmm. where even if LeBron is that point, you can still put Paul George or Kawhi on LeBron at the point, and then you got whoever your, your point guard is playing at the time, whether it's Patrick Beverly, we know that he can guard four positions. He proved that guard in Durant. For the first, what, five games of that series, right? That's true. So That's true. He's a defender. So, you know, he can guard someone else. Mm-hmm. And there you go as far as the Clippers are signed up. Now, as far as other uh, teams in the league, they might have a bit of an issue nah. with that. But the Clippers, they Gucci. Now, so, Clippers, that, that, that couple right there, that power couple with uh, Kawhi and Paul George, that's an exciting couple. I think they're the favorites, even though everybody's riding the, the Lakers uh, yeah. tip. I, you, I think the Clippers are the favorites. How do you feel 
about Brody and the beer? I think uh, that's a wild pairing. I think in order for that pairing to mm. be successful, James Harden has to uh, do what Dwayne Wayne did when uh, LeBron went to Miami Heat and take a step back. Like The only way that can thrive is James Harden has to play off the ball. But he has to become a two-guard. That's true. That's true. But Brian also can't be the shooting guard. He let, me can't play off the ball. let me ask you a question. I remember exactly how I felt when I heard about that AD trade. Hmm? I remember literally, I was, I couldn't wait to get on the show when I heard about the Kevin Durant and the uh, Kyrie trade. And I remember with the Kawhi trade, I was almost in tears. But emotionally, I, I just wasn't moved by this trade. It was kind of like, oh. Brody and the beard again. It's like, oh. That's because you're missing the the you're missing the lead in that story. It's not about uh, Brody being teamed up with the beard. It's about Chris Paul being part of my language fucked <laughs> again. Like they just sent him to the cemetery of the NBA this time, at this time, right? They just sent him to OKC. Like OKC might as well pack up their bags as a franchise and move to Vegas. Like, their franchise is now done. There is no reason whatsoever to go to an Oklahoma City Thunder game for no other reason that you have nothing else to do because you live in Oklahoma City. Even still, this zone. As a franchise, it's done. It's a wrap. And I know they have, like, a college-like feel to it and all that, but you pack up, move to Vegas, the T-Mobile Center awaits you. (laughs) But you you have to think about this. Before they, before they get their bags ready to go to Vegas, they have a lot of future talent that they're going to gain They got this. picks. They don't. Yeah. They got, they got a first-round pick in 2024. Right. Right? And 2026. And they have the right to swap, you know, uh, swap first-rounders in 2021. So what you're telling me is they're the new Philadelphia and they're the new process. Because that's all that that's, is. They, Hey, look what they've done for Philadelphia. The process is obviously working. That you got Tobias Harris as your high How many years does that take, though? You know how many first picks of Philadelphia in that process aren't even with that team? But, <laughs> see, that's why it's called a process. Right. You and know, there's, there's a lot of things that doesn't take place. Chris Paul is too late in his career to be part of any process. That's no, all I'm Chris, saying. Like, Chris, Paul, Chris Paul, if Oklahoma City is playing it correctly, this, from what I'm looking at here, this trade is not to keep Chris Paul for that full year. Chris Paul is going to be gone out of there by all. They don't know. That contract is so horrendous that no team really wants to pick it up outside of possibly Miami. I mean, Detroit maybe, but do you really want to uh, pair him up with Blake Griffin again? I mean, the funny thing about that is you can't pair him up with Blake. At the beginning of the off season, after the playoffs, in it. It was reported that Chris Paul and James Harden were getting along, weren't getting along, and, and they tried to dispel that and say no, everything was good. And we all knew they weren't getting along. As soon as James Harden had a chance, he threw him in the SS Mental and sent him to the island. Like, and it's messed up because Chris Paul put money in his pocket. He put him in all the State Farm commercials. James Harden burned his house down in one of them. Like all of that. But and, and James Harden still you, was like, you, you have to, but you have to understand with James Harden. What he wants is what he had without the drama. Because remember, when he was in Oklahoma, when he was in Oklahoma, right. when he was at the Thunder, 
he was a six man on a great team. Well, but yeah. he knew he could lead that team. He knew the only thing that was stopping him from leading that team was the same thing that was stopping Russ at the time from leading. When you team. break up with your spouse and you can't fully replace the old one with the new one, you always want the old thing back. It's not that you it's it's not, so in love, it's just you realize you couldn't replace him. Not, <laughs> hey, that's not that's not what it was. He knew. It's not that he broke up with his spouse. It he was another room, it was another room, him. it was another roommate there that was causing causing a little friction. Are you, you gonna play about KD now? I'm just saying I'm just saying they weren't it wasn't I know they're three, two LA boys. Them so. three were good, but it wasn't like they were that connected. There wasn't enough room for all of them to shine. It was necessary. Exactly. It was a part of the group. You you couldn't you couldn't have done that. But moving along, I also want we got I want to talk about LeBron. You know he's going to be remaining twenty three. Um, I know a lot of people thought that this was going to be it. Even my daughter, she was so happy because she's a LeBron fan, and she wears the number six because of LeBron in Miami, where she was born. She was born in Florida, so you know that's her thing. LeBron six. So she was so happy. She thought it was going to happen, that LeBron was going to return to number six. But due to some logistics with Nike, he will not be returning to the number six at this time. He will remain number 23 for the duration of the 2020 season. Now, it was because they had a, they would take a massive financial loss. Nike made a big mistake in doing this. True enough, they might have taken a short-term loss because... Like some idiots, they pre-advanced, made all these uh, jerseys of uh, LeBron James 23 and had them out in stock. All you had to do was send them jerseys over to Africa like you do the losing championship jerseys of every sports team ever. They'd have had little LeBron James 23 jerseys. They'd have been happy. And then you made some new Anthony Davis jerseys with the 23, the LeBron James jerseys with the 6. Everybody's going to want to buy the six, so you make up your jersey sale numbers right there, which you've lost, because everyone wants to get the six. Even the people that had the 23 jersey, now they want to get the six, and they're going to buy the Anthony Davis 23 jersey. Not to mention, you got the collectors and the people like right. the, the, the people who are huge, not even just, they're not just Laker fans. So the one LeBron season, James LeBron James jersey is now going to be worth Money. If you if you make if you hold on to it and then say okay, the ones that we have left are limited. And throw right. numbers on them. Especially if he wins the yeah. championship in number six. Like that's a whole storyline to it again. That goes back to the Miami the whole his first championship in that six exactly. and all of that. And then the, the one year LeBron jersey mm-hmm. is valued even more because it was only one year, and that was the one year that he lost. That was the first year that he didn't make it to the playoffs. And like what? 18 years? How old is LeBron? 65? And they did that old face swap challenge uh, yesterday on Facebook, and I was like, LeBron James, don't need to have LeBron. Because he already looked like it. I, that's what he appeared. They, they, they His hair was Benjamin Buttons, though. It just got further and further down as the older he got. Hey, to jump on topic, with that, uh, with that face-off uh, challenge, did you see, I saw the funniest one. Cause I was scrolling through all the NBA ones, and they had one of Morgan Freeman, and it was the same and picture. And it was the same picture. And I was like, wow, that's... Yeah, I thought of doing that myself. That was... I'm, glad. I'm glad I didn't do it now. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> I did it. I, I, I thought of that. You would have been, been my, yeah. on the topic of shady... Uh, Morgan Freeman has yeah. always been old. No one has ever seen a picture of Morgan Freeman young. Like, i just seen a documentary on Samuel Jackson, and Morgan Freeman was one of his mentors. And that nigga was old then. <laughs> Samuel Jackson, oh, and Morgan Freeman mentored him. 
absolutely amazing. It's but really the chicken and egg. Who came first, Morgan Freeman or God? Right. My money is on Morgan Freeman. Who might be God? Well, I want to tell you right now, as age time, as age shows it, I think that you know time will tell to see if this was a great move for Nike. You know, uh, holding off on changing the jersey. I think it was a horrible move, and Anthony Davis looks retarded wearing that number three. It doesn't know. look natural. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we probably might get used and to it. And he'll be the only Lakers center in history to have a single-digit number. Nike messed up. But he might be the great one. Might that, might be the, that might be the beginning. That's Kareem. Anthony Davis will never be Kareem. <laughs> All right, but I want to talk about some other free agent acquisitions that took place over the last week or so, you know. Um, definitely, I want to talk about Anthony Bennett making his way back into the league, former number one. Yes, which uh, is absurd to me that Anthony Bennett is making his way back in the league, but yet Carmelo, <laughs> Mr. Buckets himself, is still on the And that's the reason I feel Carmelo's not making his way back in. He's Mr. Buckets. Until he could take that step back and no longer be Mr. Buckets and he's willing to be Mr. Contributor, it's teams that need buckets, though, out there. I mean, Carmelo's problem, his handicap, was he never learned how to play defense. And that's because he played for Jim Beheim in Syracuse, who teaches zone. So but he never learned defense. Think, but, but think about this. Houston is, now, Houston is looking at a non-guarantee with Anthony Bennett. They're also thinking about picking up a one-year with Ch- Tyson Chandler as well. So now we're having those big men. Who Tyson Chandler got signed. Yeah, they got that one year with, yeah. with Houston. So they have these, they have these two big men now. That are actually out there. That's uh, they can. They're willing to contribute. That is much more valuable, especially coming from a vet point of view. That is much more valuable than a person who's going to get buckets. Oh, you still need them buckets. I know the Lakers could use them. Houston could have used them last year. Houston doesn't need them now. They don't need them now. But I Brody, mean, they Brody's going to get. They only got one ball in Houston. Right. And that's right now, that's the issue that they have. They only have James one Howard's ball. James Harden's going to have to play the two. You can't have. Uh, both of us playing the one. That's, that's you can't have – He's going to have to be the one who pushes the ball. But here's what I do think, though. I do think that Russell Westbrook playing under D'Antoni mm-hmm. will flourish. Uh, just like Steve Nash did, just like James Harden has done under him, I think that Westbrook's uh, skill set is perfect for D'Antoni. Now, now the defense, though, and they both have a tendency to give up on defense. Russ, not as much. Russ can be a, a little bit tenacious. But analytically, but that's defense. Their team is an analytical team. I could, and based off of the analytics, I can see, I can understand the reason of going and getting an Anthony Bennett. I can understand the reason of getting a Tyson Chandler. But with Russell Westbrook, he goes against the analytics. Think about this. Their team is known for the three-point shooting mm-hmm. as well as free throws. This is where Russell Westbrook struggles. This is where he, he struggled last year. He didn't struggle as much in the years past. No, but last year he was one of the most effective. Yeah, see, he is one of the most effective, and we even got people calling in right now to tell us that, that he was one of the most effective last year. He'll be that open. He'll get more open looks. I, I would imagine he knows that. So during the off season, mm-hmm. I, I can see Russell Westbrook practicing that three point shot. Now, another another great uh, acquisition, or I wouldn't say acquisition, I would say that a great sign-in for the process that we were speaking of over there in Philadelphia was Ben Simmons signing five years at $170 million. Obviously, Elton Brand realizes that since it's other people's money, he is willing to spend it. 
He's throwing money around like crazy. Now, Ben Simmons is five years, $170 million. Stop and think about this. At five years at $170 million, you would expect him to be one of the, you expect him to be the highest player on that team. But he's not. Okay? He is actually their second highest paid player. Guess who the first highest paid player is on that team right now? Tobias Harris? That is correct. Behind Tobias Harris. Not Joel Embiid. Not anybody else. Absolutely anybody else. And my thing is, at $170 million, five years, with a signing like that, are you saying that, okay, well, we're giving you a little extra so you can afford to get a shooting coach? Or are we saying that we're going to bet in five years you're going to learn to shoot? I, I just don't see at $170 million, First of all, I don't see why Elton Brand was throwing money at Tobias Harris that like that. But then to come back. <laughs> you can't lose Tobias Harris, J.J. Redick, and uh, Butler. You just can't do it. And Tobias Harris is a baller. Yes. He balled in Detroit. He balled uh, in L.A. with the Clippers. So he's a baller, and given a chance, he, he wasn't in that spot. Jimmy Butler took that spot last year. So Tobias Harris, I don't know if he's worth what he was given, but he can't be proven to be a baller. Now, as so, far as... As the highest paid player on the team? Well, I mean, that's just because he's fresh off of that contract. Now, as far as Ben Simmons goes, I think it was a mistake for both on both ends. Mm. I think it's a mistake on Ben Simmons' end signing a five-year deal when that that was the way things were done two or three years ago. But if you've seen how things are done now, it's two-year deals with a... Two, three years, <laughs> with, the op- with, the three years with the option. Yeah, that way you get paid more. Um, I understand why Elton Brand and the Sixers organization did it. Mm-hmm. They signed him to that now. Uh, that way they can ensure that he doesn't become a Laker in the next two, three years. Because... If you're uh, familiar, Magic Johnson had already got fined. One of the reasons why he decided to step down, he got fined for tampering, talking to Ben Simmons. Because Ben Simmons wanted to come work out with Magic Johnson, and they gave up Magic uh, tampering. So that fear of Ben becoming the Laker and, but, pushes that five-year deal. Yes, I can understand that. That would definitely be say. But I, the boys only shot, what, one three-pointer in two years? He Honestly... If I stop and take a look at it for the amount of NBA three-pointers that has been made over the last uh, few years. I think he's only shot one, though. But he's hit none. Right. I mean, he's zero for one. He only put up one. That's the but that's the uh, magic you, number is the fact that he's only shot the ball one time from 22 feet. He's 170 million, and you can't shoot from over 22 feet. And it's not that he can't. It's not that he can't shoot. We don't know if he can or if he can't. We don't know that because they say he makes them in practice. All we so we don't know if he can or he can't. All we know is that he won't. But and that just takes away that takes away the majority of your game. Right. Like we don't know if he can or can't. We just know think, that he doesn't. And that's scary. It. But think about it. As a big man as he is, the ability that he has to actually uh, control the ball. Maneuver the ball. Get people to um, react to him. Get people to jump. The, 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 the way he's so shifty on the court and so long on the court. If he could add a three-point shot to his game, that $170 million become a steal. But right now, that $170 million is looking like a bad deal. You, you, I feel like you got... I feel like, I'm, I'm not saying that you he's got a horrible card. He's still super talented, though. And 
You ju- you paying Lexus prices for a Toyota? Well, no, no, he's still a Lexus. And the thing about it is, you look at him, the the dude is still uh, the skill set. He's still triple double waiting to happen. He's uh, you look at Magic Johnson's history with the three point shot. Jason Kidd with the three point shot when he first started. Jason you remember Kidd. When Jason Kidd first started, he couldn't shoot worth anything. If you look at where Jason Kidd ends up his career in history, he's one of the best three-point shooters Actually, in history. When he first started, they used to call him Asin. Yeah, because the J was missing. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Now, next thing that I want to get to. Take, when you take a look at that picture, when you take a look at this picture that you see here, right? The Blonde's the ball in the Pelican jersey? Yeah. I like it. What do you... I like what, it. what feelings is it about? I like it. I, I think this is the first start for Lonzo. Uh, I think it was necessary, one, uh, for him to get out of L.A. to get away from home. Uh, mm-hmm. At the same time, with him going through the things with his uh, the big baller brand company. Okay. Um, the relationship with his dad. This is uh, the maturation of Lonzo Ball, so he can go out and be his own man now. So I, I like it. I like the and, change for him. And I, I, w- I was ready and to... And the pressure's off of him. I was ready to disagree with you. I'm ready to say, hey, no, 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 this is going to be... But I 100% agree. I I think that the thing that I love about this with uh, Lonzo going over to New Orleans is that now he gets to... He gets that experience that most college kids get, but he didn't get. Because going to UCLA, he was still within LA. He was still that hometown kid. Then going to the Lakers, he was still that hometown kid. It reminds me... It reminds me of some similar events when Stephon Marbury came back over to uh, Jersey. Actually, more than Jersey when he was over in the Nets. Nets. Yeah. And he was back around that same environment that he worked so hard to get away from. Now, I'm not saying that... I'm, and by no means am I saying Chino Hills is comparable to Coney Island, right. Brooklyn. But what I am saying is that what he needed to do was step out on his own. He needed to get from under the umbrella of LeVar Ball and separate them as people. Because, don't get me wrong, I understand LeVar, because having three, having three basketball players myself, I understand that you got to be that one. You got to be the one that believes that they can do it above everybody else. But at the same point in time, I see where he needs to, because watch, even watching my oldest now, she's only like 11 years old, I can see where sometimes I need to step back and let her mature as a player. Well, as you well, know? this just gives him, again, a fresh start. Mm. Uh, and it also puts that chip on his shoulder, right? Yeah. You're being traded from uh, the franchise that you always grew up wanting to play for, so mm-hmm. now you have something to prove. Every uh, player in any sport, you always need a why. Exactly. Why are you doing it? You always need that why to drive you. And so, and that's what anything in life, rather. And so now uh, he truly has a why. Before, everything was kind of given to him. He was a star coming out of high school. He went to UCLA, like you just said. Uh-huh. Then he goes to the Lakers. He's their, their first pick, the number two pick overall. So you have that pressure on you as well. Uh, th- with the injury prone, your dad uh, being as loud and boisterous as he is, kind of overshadowing you. Now you get to go to New Orleans, have a fresh start, no pressures on you, mm-hmm. because people have forgotten that you were a number one pick of a franchise, the number two pick overall. Um, as well, you get to play with fresh, young talent. You get Zion out there, uh, and you're known as a point guard who pushes the ball ahead, which is perfect for Alvin Gentry's uh, offense. He's a uh, push-up ahead, so uh, Lonzo thrives in that offense. Now, I don't know if they start Lonzo off the bat because they're already uh, declaring that the team uh, belongs to uh, 
Uh, what's the young boy's name? Uh, uh, Drew. Drew. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Um, so I don't. I, I would. Imagine. I, I would. I would want that. I want Drew Holiday to 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 be that person. I would like to see them put Drew Holiday at the two and the mounds are on the point. I can see that now. In that press conference, I don't think Brandon Ingram was as enthused to be there as Brandon. Like yeah, Lonzo smiling, uh, Josh Hart smiling. Yeah. Ingram looks like Ingram always looks high. Yeah, he looks always a high, <laughs> and and not off of weed. Like he looks he like, just looks like he's just done a hit high. of heroin or or something like that. Dude, remember the player uh, Sleepy? Uh, back in the day, uh, he played for the Houston Rockets. Yeah, Sleepy. Um, no, like this is Sleepy Ingram. Like this dude just always looks sleepy. He looks like Garfield. Like it's like he has no emotion. That was probably one of the reasons why LeBron was like, "Get this dude out of here." He's like, "Get this dude out of here." Like he's he, he making me nervous. Right, right. like that's what a dude. You be like, "Hey, you sure you don't want some coke?" Like, wake up, buddy. <laughs> it is. And the great thing about it is when I look at when I look at the video of Alonzo that he posted on social media stating that he was ready for that new change, I actually believed him. I looked in his eyes, I believed him. He looks genuinely happy. Yes. Yes. He looked like he looked like, you know, like when you find that new girl that was right for you. He looked after like you broke Kyrie Irvin when Kyrie left LeBron. Everybody's happy when they leave the bronze and they get out that shot. Yeah, like, but what? Yeah. Ha- but what happens two years later? What happens two years later? Everybody's like, "I'm sorry, Bron. I'm sorry." Kerry apologized to him, but he didn't go back. But he knew the error of his way. You can't, you can't go back when you leave somebody that, like that. When Kyrie you leave somebody had a, say, a moment of clarity in one of his mushroom or coke bandages, and was like, "Oh, it was too emotional. I shouldn't have did it the way I did it." He, he don't regret leaving though. <laughs> You shouldn't regret leaving. You see where that franchise at now? He don't want to be Kevin Love. <laughs> Kevin Love is stuck in Cleveland too. That's also yeah, pretty cool. And that's and that's a sad thing. That's another thing that we always I don't want to talk about. Probably we're gonna discuss this on a later show. Jared Smith is free. Yeah. Not, no, let him let him be free. Anyway, another thing that I want to go ahead and discuss on a later show is definitely the residue of the LeBron sensations after he come along. The players who get left behind after the trades and everything, and what always happens to that residue. But we're going to talk about that in a whole different topic at a whole different time. Probably do a little special on that before the season starts. But right now, speaking of the story of worlds in the Marvel comics, you know, (laughs) he leave a franchise and just be dust. (laughs) He's a Galactus. Galactus, Galactus yeah. Galactus of basketball. Yeah, but I want to talk about um, the Bucks. And the whole family affair that they got going on over there. Not only did they recently sign the uh, second Anatokumbo brother, they also now have the twin of Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez. So at this point in time, they are probably one of the few teams that could trade out the same names twice. And, yeah. And I think that is awesome. I Honestly, I'm... I'm looking forward to the World Cup this year because I really want to see the Anatokounmpo brothers play with each other, and I think you know watching watching them on the Bucks is going to be great. and And it's been a while since since the days of Stanford, the Lopez brothers watching them play together. That's going to be great. I, I do believe it's be the good. first time in the NBA where uh, two brothers, two two, two sets of two brothers, two sets of brothers, no longer just two brothers, will have played on the same team. 
It's happened in the NFL a couple times. Yes, yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is be something new for the NBA. But the Bucks need to do something because uh, they failed in the offseason. I don't know. I don't Losing know Michael Brogdon is going to be a huge hit, and unless they can replace that. I, I, I wouldn't say I they know. fail. I would say – I wouldn't say they failed. I'd say that they didn't do as well as they sh- should. I would give them uh, a C, C plus. That's failing. I got a beating with an extension cord one year from my mom for bringing home a C minus. You know why? Because she called it a glorified D. That is failing. But a C plus no. is definitely you don't definitely you don't not sign Michael Brogdon and lose him to a team in yeah. your same conference. And call that passing. You just you can't. Michael Brogdon is what got you to where you went. And that's why you got dropped to that C. Because other than that, think about it. Michael Brogdon doesn't get hurt and miss those games. You probably make the finals. Other than Mike, other than Michael Brogdon, think about this. Other than Michael Brogdon, where did they fail? They didn't have to fail anywhere else. You losing your point guard. That's from an A to a failure. That's a failure. He signed another Lopez, brother. Oh, look, look. And another Anacumpo. We don't even know what this other Anacumpo can do. He might be a bust. Just because it's worth a shot. It's worth it. Did Michael Jordan kids make it to the league? No. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. It's terrible like that. (laughs) Also, I want to talk about the Summer League Championship game. That was an amazing game. If you saw that, that was a come from behind win. And uh, the I felt upset about it, <laughs> but that's because it's my own. Yeah, but the Grizzlies did hold off the the Wolves on that comeback win, and the that was amazing. The should have played Brown. Why you don't play Brown in the playoff spot, the semifinals? Ah, <laughs> but they lost to a Nets team who was playing like three starters in the summer league. So, but and that's and that was and that was a problem. It was a lot of uh, a lot of. A lot of teams weren't playing their full roster, but the people who did play did show up. Yeah, they had load management in summer league. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unbelievable. Brandon Clark, I would have to say, contributed 15 points in that win. And that game, especially with the uh, last second steal to really turn around the game, I think those were one of the key things that led him to get that MVP. Hands down, I would have to say that uh, Brandon Clark is definitely going to be the MVP of the game. I think a key contributor to the Wolves this year. What do you think? I think that no one cares about the Minnesota Timberwolves. (laughs) I think think that's just a franchise out there in the middle of the mire with the Chicago Bulls, probably even some of my Detroit Pistons, unless, although we will be excited with Derrick Rose, so that might bring a little attention to us with Blake Griffin. But, uh... Yeah, I don't think anyone cares about the Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves is going to be uh, – I think they're not going to be a, uh, a contender, but they're going to probably ruin somebody's season. There are people in Minnesota who didn't even realize the Minnesota Timberwolves were located in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but – Definitely, I want to go ahead and before we end at this moment, because I'm going to take a quick little break, I want to give a shout out to that MVP, Brandon Clark. Good job. Congratulations. Doing some big things over there. And we're going to wait to see you on the next step. And I know that the Grizzlies want you to get better. And I know what you did to the Wolves is going to probably hurt them this year. But the Grizzlies are going to get better. You're going to get better. They're going to be a good team. 
Grizzlies? Memphis is going to be a good team. Memphis is always a good team, and I know that they're going to... And I know Brandon Clark is going to contribute to that, so keep on doing your thing. I, I want you to stick around. Hey, you going to hang around with me? I'll be here. All right. I got Diaz Mackey. My name is Coach Drew. This is Ball Court, World of Basketball. Hang around with us. My guest here, uh, Diaz Mackey. How you doing? I'm all right. Excellent. I I know that we have a lot of fun here on Ball Court, and we do make a lot of jokes about certain topics that are taking place. But right now, we do have a topic that is uh, a very important topic, as well as something that is a very serious topic. This topic is about domestic violence. I'm sorry, um, Sparks forward uh, Ricana Williams was suspended 10 games for domestic violence, leading from an incident that had taken place in December where she, uh, where allegedly she was, um, she was arrested actually in April after for assault, burglary, and a uh, battery and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill. Now, these allegations, of course, are very serious, and I love the swift, the swift action that the WNBA has taken in this, in this matter. The 10 games, I definitely do feel that it is great that you went ahead with those 10 games, and those 10 games will be served without pay. Now, another great thing about this, and something that I do find that we now have to put in place, especially when it comes, that, when it comes to the point that all, the league is starting to grow, and it is starting to take on more light, we're going to have to start putting these type of policies in place for domestic violence. The WNBA does not have a policy in place, and this 10-game suspension was out of the norm. Now, another thing that also was taking place with domestic violence in the WNBA was uh, there was some allegations by Natasha Howard, and she has vehemently denied all allegations of of there being any... uh, Domestic violence stated from a post that was made recently over the weekend by her wife or her ex-wife. And there is some good news actually coming from the WNBA. I want to go ahead and give a shout out. Today, on the one-year anniversary of Liz Cambay's 53-point game, uh, she has now graced the cover of Slam along with Asia Wilson. These beautiful girls have been playing so well this year, dominating, sitting first place right now in the standings, as well as, you heard that Asia Wilson will be hosting the all-star game for WNBA right here in Vegas, and she's a captain. It's amazing that uh, Vegas decided to take them to the all-star game. I'm, I'm <laughs> after the last one. I, but this is WNBA, so it's probably only be like 40,000 people at max. I think it's going to be absolutely packed. Because I know there's a ton of people that I know that are going to be coming there. And it's going to be amazing. Because guess what? LeBron himself is even shouting her out about the Slam magazine. And everybody's talking about it. This is not just a great thing for basketball on a whole. But it is a great thing for women. Being on the cover of the Slam magazine, as you know, growing up reading Slam, is like probably one of the greatest things for a basketball player. And to have both of them grace that cover at once... I think it's something that was definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. And initially, when you see... And take a look at this cover. Tell me it's not a great cover. 
I mean, it is. It's an amazing cover, but the WNBA does not. I don't know if it's the coverage or what it is about the draw. It's a beautiful game, but I've seen more people at a Trump rally than I've seen at the WNBA game. But it's growing, and I'm telling you, it's growing because I've actually been in the Tom. I've been in the Thomas and Mac. Um, as a matter of fact, when they played uh, in the in the overtime game, I believe it was I. Wo- I want to. I want to say because this is one that my daughter went to, and she she got home very late because I couldn't go to that game, and it was against the Mystic. It was. She said that game was one of the most exciting games that she's watched, and the place was packed. It oh, was the games wonderful. are great and competitive, and if you're in the fundamentals, even more entertaining to watch as far as that aspect, no doubt. Mm. But it just, I don't know. Like they they don't get the respect like the the women's World Cup. And that's only the, the national team, too, because women's soccer really isn't and, that big of a sport either, and, to be honest. And, and, and I find it to be sad because the people that's not giving the women their just due are not, are not athletes. I'm going to be honest. They're not, they're not former athletes. They're those, they're those athletes that made it to, barely made it to high school. Mm-hmm. And they're now sitting home. They're couch athletes couch coaches, and they'll sit there and say, oh, well, that girl, oh, she she can't do that. But they'll be the same ones to say, oh, how could you trade for Boogie Cousins? He's garbage. Really? Mm-hmm. Even Boogie Cousins on one leg could probably light up, light half of them up. And these are, these, that's, that's a sad thing. But there was another great thing that happened, another, another historic moment took place in the WNBA. And one of my favorites was just passed up. One of my absolute favorite basketball players of all time has just now fallen second on the career double-doubles list for the WNBA. Yes, Lisa Leslie is now second to Sylvia Fowle. She, Amazing. Yes, she is, wow. She had absolutely dominated the game of basketball. Career double double, one hundred and fifty seven. Congratulations, Sylvia. Keep on doing your thing. We here at Ball Court definitely do stand behind you. Okay. But with the way you're back boxing out on rebounds, I guess everybody else stand behind you too. You would think that record would be like Candace Parker or somebody. You would think, but but actually, Candace Parker is more of a scorer than just a rebounder. Right. Lisa Leslie. I remember watching Lisa Leslie play. I think I was in high school, and it was like, she was like a different kind of player. It was, and back then, L.A. has, L.A. had Shaq. Yeah. L.A. had Shaq. And it, oh, yeah. And I mean, it, it was, was, it was the most dominating thing. When you saw the purple and gold playing, regardless if it was at the Sparks or if it, regardless if it was with the Lakers, you knew the center was going to dominate. Yeah, yeah. Michael Cooper coaching, you know. Yeah, it was, it, that was a squad, wasn't it? it was, I'm telling you, see? And and that's what I'm talking about. The people who miss out on the WNBA has missed out on all that history, missed out on all of that. It's still time. There's still vintage clips that you can watch. It's still time to to catch it and get it all back, you know? Now, I wanna I I I, I kinda wanna speed ahead. I I don't mean to just jump forward like that, but I wanna speed ahead on uh, a a different topic here. I wanna switch gears. I want to talk about the Drew League. Right now, with uh, week seven closing and the pros out there playing, there's a lot of people that we want to talk about, the standouts of week seven. And first off, 
the 34 point club. See, all three, all three of these people in week seven dropped 34 points for the win against their team. All of them. Not 35, not 36, not minimum of 34. All three dropped 34. Yeah. I'm telling you, I was, it was amazing. Uh, it was Elijah, Elijah Stewart for MHP. Uh, as you can see in the, as you can see in the pictures here, doing some big things, you know. He was one of the, he was one of the beasts. And then we had Jerry Blakes. Jerry Blakes dropping 34. I was, uh, I, I was actually kind of shocked about that one. Cause even though, he, you know, playing for hometown favorites, he was pretty much one of the hometown favorites to drop exactly 34. And I was watching, I'm watching one game and I'm like, okay. Then I'm like, okay. And then, of course, ATM, Jonathan Gibson, playing for Redemption. Yeah. Guess what okay. he did? 34. 34. 34. 34. You know what? I wanted to go to the casino that night and play 34. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm going to play 34. Just, just, just for them. But congratulations, gentlemen. You did a great thing over there in the Drew League. But... You know that them big boys over there is here now. And now that the pros are there, we're going to expect more from you. Either you're going to have to step the game up a little bit, go a little harder, or, you know, is it Bang City? You know how it goes. Not even. Because you know how it is at the Drew League. If you, don't, if you don't produce at the Drew League, you're not even going to the G League. You're going home. You're going home. All right. But I also want to talk about someone local, local guy from here. I brought him up on the show a couple times before, you know, Pierre Jackson. The reason why I want to talk about him, I hear that he pulled up to Rico Hines and was giving them buckets. I'm talking, he gave them everything that he could give them. It was a bang, bang, bang. And at 5'10", he was making people look small. Look, 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 taking him to the hole. Too small. He's, uh, here's my question. Why isn't Pierre Jackson on the NBA roster? Can, tell me this. After what he's done in the Drew League, after what he's doing over there at Rico Hines, after what he consistently does, everywhere he goes, he puts up buckets at 5'10". Tell me. Because of the height of most guards in the NBA now, it's just too small. You get rare talents. Uh, with that height, like a Nate mm. Jackson or somebody like that that can make an uh, impact. I mean, look at where Isaiah Thomas is now. You know, he's on his way possibly out of the league because it, it's just you're in the land of giants. And back in the day, your, your two-guard used to be 6'3". Now your two-guard is 6'6", six, 6'9", six, six, at, at, at shortest. Your yeah, point guard is 6'6". Six, six. Six. You know what I mean? So Magic Johnson at one point in time was the anomaly. Now is the norm. That is true. And unfortunately, that is true. And that's what... But somebody like Pierre Jackson, who has has pretty much been against the norm his whole career, his whole life, I think eventually he's going to kick that door in. I mean, it has to be a miracle. It's probably like one of those 10-day contracts. And then even if you're in a 10-day contract, let's just say that you still get into the lineup. You know what I mean? It's just... And if he doesn't get into the lineup, I don't see him uh, making that next step. Yeah. 
Yeah, Somebody would really have to be riddled with injuries for him to get that opportunity. But honestly, watching that video of Pierre Jackson at the Rico with LaMelo Ball, it was absolutely amazing. And as a matter of fact, that's a great segue to my next topic. And you know what? You stay tuned. I'll be right back, right here on Ball Court. I'm going to be here with Diaz Mackey. We're going to be talking about LaMelo Ball. Yup. We're going down under talk about the NBL right here on Ball Court. I'm Coach Drew. We're here with Diaz Mackey. And we got a lot of things to cover, but we got very little time, so I'm going to go right through them. We're going to jump right into the NBL. Guess what? I know I've been giving you information every week talking about the Ilwara Hawks and how things are coming together. I almost called them the Ilwara Rockets. (laughs) Do you know why? I'm going to tell you why I almost did that. That slip, I guess it was a Freudian slip, because Dan Anderson has re-signed with the Ilwara Rockets to join his former Houston, I mean Ilwara Hawks, to join his former Houston Rocket teammate, Aaron Brooks. That was a mouthful. And guess what? Along with LaMelo Ball and teaming up with that explosive talent, they're going to have something big going on down there. Similar to Lonzo, LaMelo is going to get to play behind a great, great veteran uh, point guard. Uh, Aaron Brooks? Yes. Now, I know personally, personally, as a uh, point guard, who do you think is better going into their pro season? LaMelo or Lonzo? Lonzo. Lonzo. Okay. Who do you think is the better mentor? Drew or Aaron? Drew. Ooh. So, based on what you're saying, you're telling me that they're going to – I beg to differ on that one. Drew is a pure point guard as opposed to Aaron Brooks who's a scoring point guard. But late in his career, his defense has actually uh, became so much better to make him to the point where he was an asset for... Defensively, yes, but as far as offensive, he was never a four-year-old type point guard. No, 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 no. But I'm saying defensively, and that's where LaMelo lacks. Well, I mean, LaMelo's game shouldn't. Lonzo is known for his defense. The balls seem to be able to play defense. Now... Whether that, that carries over yeah. to Melo and he gets off, you know, sloppy or lazy or whatever have you because uh-huh. he's so much more offensively talented than most is a different story. But than most. I would I would say right now, possibly looking forward into that 2020 draft, if these uh, young athletes who have taken the road to the NBL first to swing back around to the NBA in 2020, I would have to say out of all of that talent, right now LaMelo Ball is probably the top pick. Yeah. I would say so. And with LaMelo, being, with LaMelo Ball being the top pick of the 2020 draft, I would say Ilwara Hawks are probably going to be the front runners in the NBL this year. Quite possibly, yeah. But there's Australia. one thing that could throw a monkey wrench into all of that and blow all of that right out the window. If Mr. 3 for 3 himself had signed with somebody else, and that's exactly what happened, um... Our guy, Mr. Casey Prather, has actually signed with the Mel- the Melbourne United 
and he's going to be playing with Melbourne United this year. And he's had every championship, every year he's played in the NBL, he's won a championship. Mr. 3 for 3. Well, yeah. Think about uh, that. Now, that's going to throw a monkey wrench in it. They might have a spot. I don't know. I think the NBL is going to be very exciting this year. I'm actually looking forward to watching it and covering it. It's going to be actually amazing. And maybe where R.J. Smith and Carmelo Anthony land up. Who knows? If Aaron Brooks could be there, Carmelo could be there. Carmelo could very well get a spot on Melbourne United right now and guarantee Casey Prather is going to be making 4-4-4. Four, four, four. Go play for China. Be a god. No, no. Stefan will not allow that. He'll be like, no, leave. I'm here for me. Now, another topic that we talked about, because I love, during the time that I'm talking about Down Under, I always like to touch base on what's going to go on in the FIBA World Cup. But right now, these things intertwine. Ben Simmons has decided that he's not going to be playing in the FIBA World Cup this year, but he will be playing for Australia in the game against the United States in that uh uh, in in the uh, exhibition game against the United States, he will be playing for Australia. But he won't be playing in the FIBA World Cup. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on, on that is uh, possibly he might be in Space Jam 2, uh, even though uh, that's on delay because the director just walked away from the project over uh, creative differences, which I don't uh, know creative differences can have in a cartoon. I digress. Um, that's about basketball. I think that Ben Simmons... Overall, should definitely be playing this dude. Should be playing probably as much basketball as he possibly can, because maybe in the FIBA he would actually shoot a three pointer, and that's possibly what we need to see him do. Uh, especially for 170 million. Now, do, what do you think? How does Elton Brand feels about this? I think Elton Brand is probably telling him that uh, he needs to take more shots. No, I mean about him not playing in... Uh, in the FIBA, I mean, overall, they're probably happy because it just uh, takes out more uh, mm. more opportunity to not be hurt. You know, the less time he's on the court, the less chance he has of risk. Unless, of course, again, he gets hurt on a, the set of Space Jam 2, which he's rumored to possibly be in. Now, question. With the FIBA coming up, with the FIBA World Cup coming up, who do you think is the favorite? Who's America. Favorite? Outside of the United States. Outside of the United States? Yes. Well, Australia is always uh, pretty tough, but then mm-hmm. you have uh, Greece, who's uh, climbing charts. Uh, you have yeah. Turkey. So. And Greece is going to have one of the toughest divisions. In France, they got Gobert, so, you know, they got that uh, Greece has all three Antetokounmpo brothers. And yes. I don't think Giannis is playing. Yes, Giannis is playing. He has actually confirmed it. Giannis will be playing for Greece. Donis will be playing, and of course, Kostas will be making his debut, coming up from the under-21 division. He's now going to be playing his first time in over, so I think he's going to be a little bit nervous, and I don't think he's going to be able to give as much, but you have uh, veterans like Costa Kufus on there, so I think that they're going to be, I think, personally, Greece is going to be the favorite. This should be all right. Yes, I, I see them going against the United States. Yeah. I know that they're going to win their poll. I mean, there'll, there'll be some teams, uh, Lithuania, mm. they'll be decent. All right, well, Lithuania is going to be decent, but hands down, Greece will win their poll, United States will win their poll, and it's going to come down to them going against each other since they're, like, right there. So I know it's going to be, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a battle. 
But with that said, I'm going to go ahead and move on to my next segment. And one of my favorite segments, Shady or Genius. Now, usually I have a topic that's coming up that I will talk about that I will say, hey, this is Shady but this is Genius. But this time, it's not a topic. It's a video. I saw something that I cried. I cried for that person. I cried for the defender. I cried for their mom. I cried for their family, their friends, their coaches. Now, when we take a look at this video that we have playing right here, I ask you, is this shady or genius? If you follow Ball Court, uh, if you follow Ball Court, you've probably watched this video a couple times. Now, Andy, when you take a look at this and you see this, hold on, let's, let's run that back again. One more time, and you see this. If you as that defender, first of all, first of all, let's answer the question. Was that move shady or genius? There's definitely not no shade to it. The move is genius. I mean, to be able to to, to pass around uh, your defender as well as set yourself up for an alley-oop is genius. I don't no know. No shade at all. I don't know. I felt like he was disrespecting his family. I felt like when he did that pass, that alley-oop to himself and caught it over him, I felt like he said something about his mother. That doesn't make it shady. It was, shady is if he did it and, and took the dude into a screen that he didn't see. That was just a genius. <sighs> and then and then to walk away, to bump him like that, the, 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 the utmost disrespect on the walk away, it was just... I don't know. See, I'm not I'm not a fighting man, but I I I, I couldn't have stood for that. I would have got a technical. I'd have been like, hey, we gotta call this game. This is this is not right. This the is- bump is made too much of the dude walked in his pathway when he's walking out. He just dunks, he's excited, he turns, boom. That's it, no big deal. It this 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 was technically manslaughter. I want him oh, brought up on charges. I want him brought up on charges. He bodied that man. I want him brought up on charges. Please, somebody get his name. But he, he wasn't the only one to get bodied. Uh, Floyd got crossed over. Oh. That's that one loss. That's that one loss. We knew that one loss was coming. Hey. He Even fell Floyd, and lay down. I mean, his legs were in the air. Also, like the main Floyd Mayweather lean back. I've never seen a man fall on the basketball court and their feet go up in the air like that. Like this. I know. I thought he, at first he looked like he fouled him. Well, he got hit by himself. I have a new segment. And this is a segment where we take a look at some of the younger talent that's coming up. And I call this segment, Why You Ball. So, with the first week of this segment, what I'm going to do is I want to touch base on two young talents that are coming up. And if you have been following us on our Instagram, you've actually heard about one of them already. And that is Diamond Johnson, one of the Nike National MVP. She is actually a dominating force. This is one person that if you watch her play, if you watch her move, her step back, her hesitations, she is hands down the one of the best players I've ever seen. I could not, the person I will compare her to, and I'm not going to go ahead and disrespect her as most players would to compare her to a male athlete and say that that's who she is. She reminds me of Dawn Staley. If you remember the 1996 Olympics and how Dawn Staley played, she is very similar to her style. Very shifty, very, you know, very quick. She moves back and forth, and the things that she does with the basketball is absolutely amazing. 
Here's one. Here's a clip that I wanted to show of the skill. This sums up everything. Now, this sums up everything. Take a look at this clip. Stole that girl's life. She bodied her. That girl's ankles and everything was taken from her. All in one brief moment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will do the disservice and compare it to a guy. Uh, she reminds me of John Bagley. that used to play for the Celtics back in the day. Yeah, that's... That's a not a guy that was deceptively quick. That's not a disservice at all. That's that is an accurate comparison. And and after she just bodied that girl, she too should be brought up on charges. <laughs> and also, next person, this is my I I want to go ahead and touch base with him. He's from my YU Ball selection of the week. And not I want to pronounce his name. Correctly, Namir Robinson. He's 14 years old, playing out of Seattle, Washington. One of the best, one of the better players that I've seen. And I'm not just saying he's a great player because of his offensive skill, but because of his defensive skill. You may have seen his style of play before. You may have seen the way he dribbles. It does look very familiar to his father. Yes, Kryptonite, Nate Robinson himself. But this kid is uh he's a actual star in his own right. He's an up and coming star, eighth grader, and he's doing some big things. Defensively, you cannot get around him. He's way too he's way too shifty to even stop him to get in front of him. But if you do get in front of him with the ball, he will get it back from you. He is everything that his father was and more. And the, with his jumping ability, it looks exactly like how his father looked. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm looking forward to watching him progress. As well. Yeah. And just to say something, just to touch base on something that we talked about earlier, when I watch these up-and-coming players, it makes me realize that that 2026 pick is going to be a great pick for uh, OKC. All right? Now, I got a quick. I got a couple quick things, real quick. I want to go ahead and touch into this next segment. This is the breakdown. Normally, I have a long breakdown, but there was a move that I just wanted to go ahead and have you enjoy this move and watch how it breaks down. Yes, this was from the FIBA Classic with uh, Italy and Spain. The pump up and under and drop that shot. Let's stop and take a look at that. The way is the way that move works is that you have to sell each step of that dribble. From she sets that dribble and she takes that step, that girl is beat because she knows you have to respect her three point shot. Once it is set up, the shot is there. Just take a look at it. It's just absolutely beautiful. Let's take a look. One, two, and that's cash. See, these are the levels of basketball in which. I definitely feel things are going, they have evolved to. Women's basketball is now a celebrated thing all over the world. And before I get going, I want to thank uh, my guests here today. But I want to, I don't want you to leave yet. Because I, I want your commitment that you're going to come with me to a gym. And we're going to go to a YMCA probably near you somewhere. And we're going to go two on two against anyone. It's going to be my show. It's going to be. 
we're going to have V.S. Mackey's show. We're going to come out there. We're going to play against y'all. Two-on-two, anybody, anywhere. You 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 with me on this one? You want to play two-on-two? Yeah, two-on-two. All right, I got you on that. Two on, possibly three-on-three. Three. I'm not going to tell you who our third player is yet. Shh. Possibly three-on-three, three, but definitely two-on-two. Two. Sounds good. All right, so before I let you go, I want to leave y'all with this. This is the drill of the week. Yes, I want y'all to work on this. This is going to help with foot speed as well as getting the ball around. It gets it around your back, gets it to that foot speed, and gets you to shoot with the ball coming from around the back. The whole goal of this drill is to make sure that your feet are going in and out on that ladder, as well as make sure that that ball is going around the body and not touching you. You go ahead and practice that this week. You're going to get better by next week. You know what? I'll see you here. It was a pleasure having you. Good to have you back. Thank you. Thanks for watching Ball Court. Thanks for listening. And I want to thank everybody out there, CWN Sports, as well as you can check us out on Ball, at Ball Court World on Instagram. And you can check me out, too, at DrewCoach43, also on Instagram. And thanks for watching Ball Court. I'm Coach Drew. Cut. Excellent show.